Welcome back to The Daily with Emily, where I'll be serving you your fix of all things entrepreneur life, bigger and bolder selling, and the tough love mindset that you probably needed to hear. Hello, I had absolutely no intention of recording today. That's actually not actually true. I had a different podcast recording planned for you guys, but the time zones ended up just last minute not actually working out. Uh, So I was like going to take the afternoon. We have so many renovations going on. I need to stain some wood for our closet. But I was like, as I was going about my day, I had some really interesting conversations coming up and I had an interesting thing happen in my business yesterday that of course I will share with you. And honestly, I was sitting there and I came out of doing my lash client and I was like, hey, I got to get to work, start staining some stuff. And all of a sudden I was like, no, 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 no. You need to go sit down at your computer and you're going to go record an episode all about how we're doing social media so wrong. So before we get a little bit deeper into this topic, what I want to say is I had something kind of interesting happen to me yesterday. At this point of this recording, I have so just gratefully and proud to say that I have been able to help over 300 students with their lash retention, which is it just honestly seems like so wild to me to even think that this is what is going on in my life <laughs> and then I'm able to help people really all over the world with their retention it's something I struggled with so much in my honestly the first 6 years of my lashing career so being able to do that is honestly just so amazing but <laughs> with having a very large amount of students in my mind, there's going to be ups and downs. So I've been doing this for about a year and a half and I've had nothing but really positive feedback and positive reviews. And last night, yesterday evening, I was sitting down to watch The Real Housewives of the OC and I love to sit on my phone while I'm watching TV and hardly pay attention to the show. And I open up my email And there was this email and it was a very well thought out email regarding the fact that she was not happy with my ebook that she had purchased. And I had a lot of feelings come up during this. One of them being that I personally am really proud of my ebook. I, like I said, I've had so many students between an ebook and my retention program that And as I stated before, amazing feedback. And honestly, everything that I put out, I always want to put out with like the intention of of goodness. I want to help. I don't just create products to not help. But the problem was that she felt like it should have been longer for the price. There was some struggles. She uh, had felt like maybe I hadn't put enough detail into specific things. And this is a whole big complex issue, really, when you look at it, because I have two offers. This is how most online businesses work, there are multiple offers most people have. And I have my higher ticket offer, which is still an affordable retention program. But when it does come to retention, it is, in my opinion, a little bit more on the higher end 
of trainings that I've seen online trainings for retention specifically, but I have that price in my, in my opinion, that price is priced accordingly because I just don't think there's anything else out there in the world. The success rates are so high and there's really only like, I think there's three other educators that I personally can think of that really specialize in lash retention, me being one of them. So with that, that is why my, my program is priced at that price. I have, it has so much information. It's video examples, it's slides, there's discount codes, there's ongoing coaching support with me personally. And that was really important to me. Like if a student of mine takes my program, they are there and my student for life. As for my ebook, my ebook is a $55 ebook. So it's a very, very, it's a fraction of the pro of what the course, the full course costs, retention fix. So this girl had one in, purchased my ebook. I think that she was really probably hoping that it was going to be basically the information of what's in my retention fix program, which of course it's not because it's lower ticker. In my mind, of course it's not. It's a lower ticket offer. So it's really like a piece of the puzzle, right? Like that's typically what an ebook is. Ebooks also, they're a lower price ticket. You know, it's written content. You can't really like, there's no videos or anything. Um, it's a very different learning style, but when a lot of time ebooks are there to get people a piece of the public puzzle, it's going to help them in some way to help improve. So my ebook personally is written. It's a lot of it is point form because I want it to be very to the point. I personally think that it's got loaded information in there that can help students get results. Is the full online course going to be better suited for somebody who's really struggling with retention? Yes, but the ebook is there and it can, you know, help somebody get some pieces to go on their retention journey. I also will say like, I'm definitely not trying to make excuses here because I definitely listened to what she said. I listened to everything she said. I've actually taken into account what her complaints were and I'm actually like adding some things in because obviously you're never going to be able to please everybody, but obviously I want to try to do my best. If there's ever a complaint, if she felt that way, I would never, ever want somebody else to feel the same way. So, you know, of course I'm going to go in and, and reapply some information, add some things, take away some things, whatever. On the purchase page, it very clearly states the four main topics. So when you hear four main topics with the four main topic topics that were listed, you're very much going to, you should look at that and be able to understand, okay, these are the topics that are going to be covered, right? And that, I mean, all good. The whole point for why I'm sharing this with you guys is as we get into this, and I was making my notes for this episode, I put in this the, these notes that it is so important to do what feels good to you. I would never, ever, ever put a product out there or do a client without giving it my all. Like my clients know if they come in and like say we're pressed for time because they're late or they needed a more extensive fill or something. I always am so transparent with my clients and I always say to them like you need to come back sooner for like a fill. We didn't get full coverage today. I I always think it's very important to be true, authentic, but I think that it's so important to always be doing for the good and putting really good value out into the world. So when this comes to content, if you're a business owner who relies on social media to gain clients, 
sell courses, sell products or services. You've probably seen some social media guru on the internet telling you what you should and should not be doing. And while I think that a lot of this information can be valuable, when I first started TikTok, I had no idea what I was doing. And a lot of TikTok videos were coming up on my For You that were explaining to me some little ins and outs of TikTok. I tried them because I had nothing else to lose. So I think that like the the key piece here is to try things, of course. Go ahead, try. And these people are definitely sharing things that can be super valuable. But here's where I have a little bit of an issue. So you've probably heard terms like niche down or niche, however you want to pronounce that. I say niche. (laughs) Who's your ideal client? Who are you selling to? You have to post at this time to get traction. Make viral content by posting this specific type of content. You have to post educational. Use these specific hashtags. Don't post about your life. Make everything about the client. It goes on and on and on. And again, I'm not saying that these things can't be valuable. There is a place for all of this information and everything else that I have not listed (laughs) in this list. But here is my brutal, honest opinion. We need to stop focusing so much on this business strategy that we see online that has worked for other people or people have seen and they've recycled it. We have so much of that online. I personally have done it before. I've listened to something on like, I don't know, marketing or selling or personal branding or retention. And I've been like, oh, that's a really interesting theory. Okay, I'm gonna reshare that. But I think that the key thing here and the thing that most of us are missing is you need to authentically, you need to just do you. And if you need direction and all these things above, they help you. That's great. I know when you're first starting, like I said on TikTok, when I was first starting, it was weird. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. That's great for beginners. But as you move along and you create a social social media presence, you need to honestly just do what authentically is right for you and let your authenticity shine through. So here's a question that I think that is super important. So instead of focusing on, is this gonna go viral? Is this going to be valuable? Who's gonna like this? Is this gonna get a hate comment? Whatever. What you need to think about is, do you like what you're posting? Do you feel motivated posting something? Are you posting every single day on Instagram because you want to post every single day on Instagram or or are you doing it because you saw some social media guru tell you that you need to be posting multiple times a day? The thing that we are not talking about is that people watching your content are going to pick up if you are comfortable speaking what you're speaking about if you have confidence getting on camera, (laughs) if you like what you're talking about, and if you know what you're talking about. that It's so crazy. We can see that. You know when you are scrolling through social media and you see somebody talking about something and you're like, I'm getting cringe. This is screaming cringe at me. And I also want to say it's going to be cringy at the beginning. A beginner is so different than somebody who's been doing this for a while. And if you are a beginner listening to this, like do not allow what I'm saying right now to stop you from moving forward because it feels cringy or it might look cringy right now. You will absolutely grow 
through this little weird section. It's like a little kid trying to walk and they're falling down every second. And then all of a sudden that toddler is like fully sprinting, right? That's going to be you on social media and you will get there. I had to go through it. You probably need to go through it. It's not going to feel comfortable at the very beginning. So this net really isn't about you when I'm talking about the cringiness, but focusing on what you want to put out into the world, what you want to share and you feel really comfortable and you know what you're talking about and you feel inspired, people are going to pick up on that. They're going to see that. They're going to like you. And then they're going to end up wanting to follow you and listening to what you have to say. There's a girl that I can think of right now on TikTok. Her information, I really, really love it. But I can tell that she's a little bit self-conscious because she does not move her head. She has her head angled on this very specific angle. Her hair is always in the same position. And her phone like stays in this one place. And she does not let you see different sides to her profile. And to me, automatically her body language is screaming that she's not comfortable. She is maybe self-conscious about something. Maybe she has a pimple on the other side of her face, even though she does this every single time. So maybe it's like an actual birth, like a birthmark or something on her cheek, or maybe her teeth are crooked. Like I know it because I have crooked teeth as well. And I totally understand the struggle. And I used to be this person as well, where I would like make sure to have my camera angled so you couldn't see my crooked teeth. And my camera would have to be at a certain angle because I wouldn't want you to see my double chin, like (laughs) all of those things. But I just want you to understand how much your body language is showing through your camera, which is crazy. I actually just heard this as well. If you want to make somebody immediately like you online, have your hands in the view of the camera. So talk with your hands, show that your hands are available, one or two hands, it doesn't matter. But showing your hands creates a sense of trust because back in the day, way, 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 way back when, When you didn't see your hands, if you go up to somebody even today, if your hands are in your pocket or your hands are behind your back or something, it's going to create this sense of insecurity in the person who you are approaching or who you are talking to because what do we do with our hands? Our hands hold weapons. And this goes way, way, way back into like caveman days. Somebody could have a rock behind their back, a knife behind their back, whatever. But I thought that that was such an interesting piece. So now I make it a, a specific point to have my hands visible in the camera at least once or twice throughout my video. Same goes for distance to the camera. I really struggle with this because you don't want to be like so far away. I believe that the recommended was a foot and a half. Having your camera a foot and a half away from your face while you are recording or in a Zoom meeting, you don't want to be too close and you don't want to be too far away. Because when you think about you're having a conversation with somebody, you don't want to be so close to the camera. It's like up in their face. I'm so guilty of doing this. I'm so bad. (laughs) But you also don't want it to be so far away because that feels distant. So there's a few little body language things that you can do to create comfortability and like while you're actually speaking on your your camera and creating content can be really valuable. And I know that I'm giving you advice that is kind of unsolicited or advice that I'm kind of going against what I'm just saying because I'm, I'm telling you, you you shouldn't be doing this on social media. You shouldn't be doing that. But those little things are going to help you create trust and likability along with being your authentic self. So I want to say this again. That strategy is there. We see all the strategy because it has worked for the person who is sharing it. Or again, they've heard it through somebody and they're repeating it and recycling it 
But here's just like my plain and simple opinion. No strategy is going to work for every single person. We are all unique. If you have not listened to my human design episode, please, please, please go listen to that. But niching down and getting really, you know, client specific, that's going to work for some people. It really is. I have a friend the girl knows to a freaking T who she's talking to, and that's great for her. She has the most amazing business strategy. I've tried that. That does not work for me. And when it comes to my human design, that is not for me. I'm just going to say this, and if you guys don't know, go pull up your human design chart. There's a link in that human design episode with Aviva. But from my, something I've recently learned and I'd love to share with you guys is if you are a so if you are a manifester, a manifesting generator, you do, and sometimes a reflector, reflectors depend, but you do not want to niche down. It's okay with being niche specific in your different ailments or different things that you want to be doing. So for an example, um, maybe this works so well for me because I'm a manifesting generator. So let's use it as an example. So I personally have a lash business that I work in on my, you know, Monday to Friday, part-time on the weekends. (laughs) And then I also have online courses. And through online courses, I have a program. I have programs that help with retention. I have a program that helps with creating an online course. I have a program that helps with selling money mindset. And I have other interests that are coming along that I probably will create courses over time, such as mindset manifestation and self-improvement, things like that. So those things can kind of flow together minus like the lash stuff. So that can kind of all coexist, which is great, but they're not all necessarily the same. So I can create these different programs and put out different things into the world that all can be niche specific on their own, but really in the grand scheme of things, they're all really not that niche specific. So if you're somebody who is either a manifesting generator or a manifester or potentially a reflector, pay attention to that. It's okay to have different interests and it's okay to not want to get so specific and have just enjoy doing different things and putting your energy into different things. If you are a projector or a generator, you absolutely need to, I don't want to say need to, but you are more likely to be drawn to niching down. So if you go to your human design chart and you pull up and you're somebody who has a business, go pay attention to that and really focus on that and then dive into that and see if that aligns with you. Again, it doesn't have to align with you and that's totally okay. The key here is that no strategy is ever going to work for every single person in the world. So in my opinion, what is guaranteed to work? Getting online, posting things that you want to post about and testing and trialing different things and noticing the different feelings that are coming up for you. Do you feel like you have to do something or do you feel inspired to do something? I know that sometimes it's really hard where I personally have felt uninspired to do things and, you know, sometimes you have to push through a little bit and like that's life. Um, You know, for me, like most business owners don't love doing taxes, but I have to do taxes. I have to keep track of my books. I have to keep track of receipts, things like that or else my business is going to go to shit. But I love creating. I love putting things out there online. But for myself, if I don't want to go on social media and create a post about something, I will not. There, I don't tell myself, you have to show up today. I'm like, okay, Emily, do you want to make a post today? 
great. I literally write down on my phone, just like a little inspiring, like I'll just be lashing or cleaning or whatever. And like a topic will pop up into my mind that I want to create a post on, on TikTok or TikTok, Instagram, write an email marketing, like whatever. And sometimes I'll actually stop what I'm doing and I will go and record not when I'm lashing the client, but <laughs> you get the point. I will go and record it or I'll make a note on my phone to then go and create something on it later. If I don't feel inspired to create it when I go to sit down and create it, I won't do it. I actually have a friend. She's a generator. So this is a little bit different. We work a little bit differently, but she was saying that she was working with a business coach and this business coach wanted her to plan all of her content, like all batch everything all together. If you don't know what batching content is, basically just means like creating a lot of content at once. You have content to post throughout the week. So you're not like late posting anything or whatever. And it was just really, really specific. And she was like, I just don't want to do that. I just want to do more what feels good to me. And I think that I think that's just the takeaway in life, in business, in anything. Start doing things because you want to do them. Start hanging out with friends because you want to hang out with those friends. Don't tell yourself that you're obligated to do something. Also, this is so hard because everything's so complex. Because <laughs> if you're, you know, during the pandemic, I definitely took a step back. I'm usually a very social person. But during the pandemic, I isolated myself. I didn't want to be around people. There was differences of opinions that were being discussed. It was draining. It was heavy. And it was just better for me to just sit at home by myself, do my own things that I wanted to do, work on my business, whatever, watch TV, <laughs> clean my house. <laughs> and that worked for me. But it got to a point where I was like, this is no longer good for you, Emily. Like you need to get out. The The harm that you were doing for yourself by not socializing and being a social being that you were meant to be because that is how I function, I could tell it just wasn't working anymore. So I think that again, just like picking up on your feelings and being like, okay, you're sitting at home because you're going to start getting depressed now and you're avoiding society for whatever reason. So you need to start taking baby steps to put yourself out there. And that's what I did. And now we're back into full swing. I had a, got invited to a, a lunch the other day with a group of friends and I wasn't going to go. I almost felt myself feeling reserved. And then I actually sat there and I was like, no, I want to go to this. Yes, I had other things to do. And yes, I could have prioritized something else. But my social life in that, in that aspect was important for me as well. So I chose to go. But I had to check in with what my feelings were. Why did I feel torn to go or to not go? And then I actually just, yeah, I took that moment and I was like, okay, what do I actually really want? And then I went. And I had a wonderful time. I actually want to go do it again this weekend. <laughs> we have no plans and it's not happening because I'm busy. But I enjoyed it so much. So I'm kind of rambling around because it's midday and did not have this planned. But take what you need to take away from this entire episode is, is just be yourself. Put yourself out there. Feel good about what you're sharing with the world. And stop listening to what every other person in the world is telling you to do or to not do, including myself. <laughs> I, I think we just need a lot more of checking in and seeing what feels good and moving through life in that way. All right, you guys, I will see you next week. Goodbye.